The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. Businesses are successful when they control their bottom line, and that's why more businesses across northern Illinois are partnering with the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program to save on energy costs. Learn more at comed.com slash poweringbiz. Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. And this is Waddle and Sylvie. Live from the old National Bank Studio. WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. Matt Eberflus, the the Bears head coach, joining us here. The the Denver game, it was a 21-point lead, and it was the largest blown lead in franchise history, going back to 2002 against the Patriots and 1953 against the Niners. This game, no team had ever had a plus-three turnover margin in 40 minutes of possession time and lost a game in NFL history. We're talking about historic losses here, and I know you want to accentuate the positives, but this is a win and loss business. Do you take responsibility for overseeing these historic collapses? I would just say that we, uh, I certainly do take responsibility for that, but I also say this, that we have to move to the next week. Um, you know, no one feels sorry for you in the NFL. We have to f- focus on Minnesota. And uh, again, the players we're in today, uh, we held each other accountable watching the tape and looked at what we can get better at. And then we're moving on to, uh, to Minnesota um, coming up here. Players have tomorrow off, and they'll be back in on Wednesday. When you say unacceptable or when you say, like, it's an execution thing, do you ever say to the players in the locker room or when you gather them today that this stuff is unacceptable? Well, you're always working with the player. Of course, uh, when you don't execute the right way, it's, it's the players and the coaches, you know, because, like I said, the coaches are responsible for the execution of the player, putting them in the right position. You know, so that's a, your partnership that you have as a professional football coach and a professional football player. And that bond is strong, and it's a bond that we work together uh, to get the execution done. So when the execution is great, uh, the coach and the player are doing a good job. When the execution needs to improve, uh, the coach and the player need to improve that execution. Beautiful, Mallor. Well done. Matt Eberflus yesterday. He joins us after each game, 210. Join us on Tuesday, 312-332-3776. I got a question that Kevin Warren should ask. I would... I. I would even go, I'm sure the general manager would ask it as well. I just wrote a check for $100 million for a really good football player, Montez Sweat. And I can't believe I wasn't more bothered by this yesterday. And I, maybe I was just on delay. But, and we talked about it. Only 63% of the snaps in a game where your offense held the ball for 40 minutes. It couldn't have been fatigue because your defense wasn't on the field that long. And... It was a game where, like, it was a pass-first situation for the last four minutes. Like, I, I understand not playing a guy for 98% of the snaps, because you'll wear a guy down for that. But fatigue can't be a problem when your defense is only on the field for 20 minutes. So, I guess my question would be, if I'm Kevin Warren, coach, 
why did we give Montez Sweat $100 million if we're not going to ask him to be on the field for more than 63% of the snaps, especially in an environment where the defense wasn't asked to be on the field for more than half the time? He could have played every second the defense was on the field. He yeah. would not have played 20 minutes. Right. Yes, I mean, uh, like, on Sunday. And, and Coach's response was, well, we, we, have, we have a rotation. Well, you have to adjust and make exceptions for players that are your best players. Like, you're a better football team when Montez Sweat is on the field, especially when Jared Goff and that high-powered Detroit Lions offense. I love saying Detroit instead of Detroit. Their offense is trying to trying to make up a 12-point deficit in four minutes. Like, the more I thought about this last night, I, I was thinking when I got on the Edens, or I, before I got on the Edens, I told you I was on the ramp, and I, I flashed back to the moment in time. And my first thought, I said this out loud. I said, Montez Sweat at the end of the game, Maddie. Yes. Instead of the, you know, D. Rose at the end of the game, Vinny. Montez Sweat at the end of the game, Maddie. Like, I... <laughs> I had that thought. I said it out Preach. loud. Yes. But I mean, like, it's just. Say that, next week. That's that's the that's the question I would have. If Kevin Warren truly wants to become more a part of the football stuff, and I'd even ask, you know, if you said, what did what process is Ryan going through to come to this conclusion? I have no idea. Only Ryan can answer that question. But I could put together a series of questions if I was somebody in a in a position of authority to ask my coach and my coaching staff. And that would be one of them. Like, look, I'm okay. We gave up a, not only did we give him a hundred million dollars, we gave up a second round pick. He should be out on that field hunting QBs. Well, of course. And like to what you were talking about with the minutes played and minutes in context of the game, when what we've always talked about, if they had 20 minutes of time of possession and their drives were only lasting like three or four minutes per drive, yeah. he wasn't on the field for 12 play drives. Nope. And then you would have to take him out for a play here or a play there or a play here because they were long drives and he needed his spell. They were basically four-play drives, yeah. six-play drives at the most, and he was off the field getting plenty of rest. He should have had his legs for those final two drives where he could go get the quarterback. So these are the tactical things that you have to look at and ask why. You know, again, you can ask the, the aggressive nature of what you're trying to do at different times, but this is your, this is your quintessential question. Which would be something that would sit in my craw as to why did we make this trade and bring in this guy and give him the cash? And I'm fine with that. But then we need to ask him to go out there and be the difference maker that we traded for and we paid him to be. And you only had him on the field 63% of the snaps. Like, like I, I've told you in the winning past. Time. Right. I've told you in the past, I think that they ran, they, they ran Mac into the ground, like 98% of the snaps. I'm not asking you to play him 98% of the snaps. There are times when you can put these guys in rotations and give them a breather. But it's not when when your offense has owned the time of possession, right. 40 to 20. Of course. There's time and place. Of course. Like, this is an example where a player like him has to play 90% of the snaps. Right. 
You're you're absolutely right. I mean, this is just a weird. This to this, me this is, is one of the I, weird things. This is this is again. Uh, and, and is there a communication between Poles and Eberflus about how yeah. much they want him to play? Does Poles know? Is Poles okay with that? That would be a question Poles I would is, ask. Right, and that's what you want to know from Kevin Warren. So Albert Breer was on Cap and J Hood. Then we'll get to your calls at three three two three seven seven six. Albert Breer was on Cap and J Hood. He is every Tuesday at about eight thirty five. And this is the long-form answer. Then there's about a 10-second chunk in here that really stood out to me. But he talked about Eberflus's future with the Bears. I think it's like a lot of it depends on where your team is. Because this was such a ground-up build mm-hmm. for those guys. And I, I do think to some degree when you hire guys who haven't been head coaches or general managers before, especially when you're pairing two of them together, like you do have to build in some period of like, Hey, we need to, we need to give them chance to learn on the job to, you know, get experience in the job and get better at the job. Um, so that's part of it. And, you know, but when it's such a big, uh, a big job and a, a big like ground up build that, that it's in front of those guys, I, I think a huge part of it's the trajectory of the program. And so, you know, all those names, I like we went through a minute ago, like, how does Montez Sweat look at the end of the year? How does Darnell Wright look at the end of the year? How does DJ Moore look at the end of the year? Are they making progress in keeping guys like Jalen Johnson and you know and, and Darnell Mooney? Does it look like those guys? Like, like, does it look like there's something there? I just think such a big piece of this, and when they're making decisions, and you know, Kevin Warren's going to be a big part of this. From what I've heard, he wants to be more involved in the football side. It's going to be like, where does this look like it's going? Where does Justin Fields look like he's going? I, I think that it's going to be. It's more about that when it comes to making decisions on these sorts of things than it is just the raw wins and losses. I don't know if you caught that part. Here it is. And when they're making decisions, and you know, Kevin Warren's going to be a big part of this. From what I've heard, he wants to be more involved in the football side. It's going to be like, where does this look like it's going? That's what Waddle said. Did he think that he was coming here to be as much a part of the football situation, or did he think that that would be more an autopilot and he was here to sort of oversee and build the stadium, but now it's a crap show, and now does he have to insert himself more into football because of where they are? Yeah, I mean, again, ask yourself the following questions. Do you think when he took this job that he thought that – his head coach was going to have to fire two of his assistants for non-football-related issues. Do you think that he was going to have to look at how press conferences are held, whether it's by the, the coach or, like I told you, at, at one point they were sitting, right? Didn't, aren't guys now meeting the media standing up? Standing yes, they up? changed that because of the perception of how they were looked at, slouching over. Now if you watch the press conferences at House Hall, they're standing up. That's got to be a president decision, in my opinion. And I don't know if people have referenced that. Do you think he was going to have to to deal with, with that? Um, there's just so many things I don't think that Kevin Warren expected that were going to be on his plate. I'm not suggesting he's not up to the challenge. I think he, you know, we'll, we'll find that out. And I think that there's a very good chance he is. I just don't think that he realized the baskets on his desk. Like, the big basket was going to be the stadium issue. And, well, we'll work through some of this other stuff. Right. Like where and now what I kind. Got, I got a thousand baskets on my desk right now. We could now. be going through a coach's search. And they should. But then the question is, how does he feel about polls? Is, is he and polls going on a coach's search? Or when he says he wants to be more involved in football, 
Does he want to do it like most organizations where the president hires the GM and then they both hire the coach? Do they want to do it the front way where where it starts at the top and then everyone like instead of the backwards way? I think we're going to know a lot more how Kevin Warren does his business six months from now. I think that he is in the the observing phase of doing his job. You haven't heard a bunch from him, right? Even through some difficult moments. You just had a historic loss. He's not going to put his nose in this. This is not, you know, a time for him. You know, you had the two firings of coaches. Ryan Poles talked about that. It wasn't something that the that I think there will come a point in time when the season is over and you will hear a very de- definitive presentation from Kevin Warren about the direction. Look, I still there are some good pieces to this puzzle. There are. Darnell Wright, good piece. Tevin Jenkins has stayed healthy, and if he can stay healthy, he's a player. Um, I mean, you've got you've got DJ, DJ Moore. Moore. You've got I mean, you've got some pieces. You've got some guys on defense. It's not a team that is completely absent of talent. But now, are the guys developing? And we always talk about identifying talent, developing talent, and is some of it developing? Yeah, in some ways. But why why haven't hasn't this team learned how to win yet? Now, you may say, well, that takes time. Well, we should have seen some we should have seen some return on the investment in terms of learning how to win. And See, we haven't seen it. I think there's a difference between learning how to win and not blowing colossal leads. You know what I mean? Like there like how about at first not blowing large leads with five minutes what? left to play? Learning how to win is finishing off a three point lead with four minutes left. How about not blowing a three-touchdown lead against Denver to start the fourth quarter? How about not blowing a 12-point lead to Detroit with four and a half minutes left? Like, even before they can learn how to win these close games, they have to stop losing historical games. Yes, there's no like, doubt. Like, I mean, like, like it's not, we're not even, even there yet. Yes. No, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a good point. It's just they have not taken the... The natural steps that you would have expected that they would take, even in year one of the rebuild. Like we're not even to the basic part of learning how to win these close games that you have to win, like the Vikings win, to become a between an average team and a good team. Right. Like the Vikings team winning these one score games and how they could decide a good season and a great season. The Pittsburghs who who like have closed some of these games when they shouldn't win a lot of these games. The Bears have blown these leads. Yeah. It's not about learning how to win. It's not choking. Uh, Nick in Norwich, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Nick? How's it going, guys? Thanks for taking my call. You got it. So it, please bear with me because there's three reasons why I believe polls most likely should go and Warren should just bring in his own people so the remnants of Ted Phillips is just officially gone. So he hasn't shown an ability to even evaluate the roster he inherited. In my opinion, James Daniels is better than Nate Davis. He was let to walk in free agency when he was arguably the best lineman that they knew they were inheriting. The center position has been completely neglected. Not only that, he brought in Lucas Patrick, who clearly has not even been a competent or or starter-worthy level center. And then when you had a second-round draft pick last year, which you would think is primed to use for a center position, He trades that for Claypool, and my issue isn't with him trading that pick. It was for who he traded it for. 
when Mike Tomlin is willing to tolerate Antonio Brown for years, but is willing to give up on a physical specimen on a rookie contract, it's telling because it's Mike Tomlin. It's not like it was Mark Tressman who was giving up on this guy. It's a proven head coach who, if he's getting rid of someone, that's a huge red flag. And then again, not, I mean, basically the Claypool trade was a panic move. And then this year he panics again because this year's crop of free agents is loaded with pass rushers, and one of them is going to hit free agency. They're not all going to get tagged. And in my opinion, Sweat, although he's a good player, is not a Khalil Mack type player where you give up draft capital because you can sign one of them in free agency without losing the draft pick. And lastly, Sanborn was phenomenal last year, in my opinion, and showed that he has instincts to be a good linebacker in the NFL. When they signed Edwards, I was ecstatic because I was like, this is fantastic. I was okay with trading Roquan because inside linebackers are not premier positions. But if you're going to then pay $17 million for Edmonds, who in my opinion is worse as a blitzer, run stopper, and pass coverage than Roquan Smith, at that point it's like, what are you doing? Like, what is he good at? And granted, he did a great trade with Carolina, but they basically said, can somebody please bend us over a barrel and show us the 50 states? <laughs> so he doesn't get as much credit as, as Carolina does for being even worse at this than so us. So, Nick, you're starting over if you're Kevin Warren. If I'm Kevin Warren, I'm starting over, but in my opinion, my dream scenario is unless the evaluators and the new people you bring in tell me that Drake May is by far going to become or they believe drake may will become an assassin in the pocket like joe burrow i do not want to give up on justin fields because caleb williams does not have justin size he does not have justin strength he's he's in my opinion more similar to bryce young because his highlight plays remind me of manzel they do not remind me of of uh hmm. of um patrick mahomes and and i'm fortunate where i was at a season ticket holder event i got to meet trey Koziel who is the director of player personnel. And when you asked him questions, I was thoroughly unimpressed. And when one fan asked him a question about Caleb Williams, he perked up and said he's the only guy he's ever seen comparable to Patrick Mahomes. And at that point, I was like, this is not the group we need. Because Caleb Williams fumbles a lot. He holds onto the ball a lot for too long. I mean, what has Caleb Williams shown you other than he's a great college highlight reel player, but the plays he makes that are highlights in college, they're just for that, college. He's not uh, the next Andrew Luck. He's not the next Peyton Manning. He's not the next Joe Burrow. He's a media darling, but he hasn't even been able to, to go in press conferences and talk now after games. He's declining. Nick, thanks. And, Nick, I got yeah. you. It's a good call. Thank you. A lot, a lot of meat on that bone. Yeah, I... And, and Look, Caleb Williams been... did not speak after his last game. I'm still not out on Caleb I'm Williams. I mean, like I'm still make, making it a consideration. But I, I'm not also. I'm I'm not a you know the head of player personnel. Like you have to trust that your guys are going to evaluate this quarterback class. And if for whatever reason you fall in love with one of them and think that this is the guy that can take you to the next place, you have to make that decision. You don't get these. Well, if you're the Bears, you get this opportunity in consecutive years. But very infrequently do you get this opportunity to take the, the, the pick of the litter, so to speak, in the most important position in sports. 
So, like, yeah. if you have decided, regardless of how I feel that, that Caleb Williams projects or the caller feels, if up at Hallis Hall, Ryan Poles and his people feel that Caleb Williams is that guy, then you have to pull the trigger on him. David in Lockport, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, David? Hey, why don't Sylvie? Thank you for taking my call. You got it. Um, just trying to go on about this Poles thing. I, you know, he's done a lot right and he's done a lot wrong. You know, you can mention Valus Jones and Chase Claypool and He's freed up a lot of money for their off seasons. It took us out of a financial uh, ruin that Pace left the team in. Uh, I don't think you can blame the coaching staff hiring completely on him. He was hired two weeks before Matt Eberflus was hired, and Eberflus was interviewed by the committee put together by the Bears and Bill Polian. Um, you know, two interviews before. I, I think Poles was given a limited selection of coaches to choose two weeks after he was hired, you know, uh, and then they go and hire Kevin Warren like a month later. I just think that the Bears are completely backwards. You hire your president of football operations. He hires the head coach, and the head coach hires the coaching staff. And it always seems to be backwards in that aspect. Of course. And, and they knew, uh, and I, they, like, what bothered me the most, David, and I'm not springing you, I'm just having a conversation. What bothered me the most is much like they knew they would probably be getting rid of Nagy and Pace, and they allowed them to draft a quarterback, they didn't probably know they knew ted was retiring they knew ted was retiring soon but who was spearheading the search ted phillips and yet when they knew they were getting a new president that guy wasn't involved like they should have opened up the president's job first let the president hire the general manager instead of a committee let the, the, the president and general manager hire the coach, not, yep. not interview coaches first, like this hurry to interview coaches. Is, your point is exactly right. They do everything backwards. And I think that they're going to do it again. Here we are talking about the possibility of getting a new quarterback in the offseason. You don't even, I mean, the, the consensus is that, you know, Eberflus and, and possibly Guess will be gone after this year. So what, you're going to have a head coach? Who, who gets hired after the draft, maybe, and then has nothing to do with the say on who the new quarterback? Oh was. no, 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 no! You won't. You wouldn't. If you if you if you fire your coach, you're not waiting till after the draft to hire a new coach. You're right, that, but they won't. You're hiring first, right? You hire right, the coach they, first. Bears wouldn't do it midseason, and so you kind of leave it out there that if they do decide to hire a new head coach for next year, I, I hope that that takes place before the draft, so that that head coach can say whether or not Justin Fields is his guy. No, they're hiring a, if, if they If they hire a new coach and Ryan Poles and Kevin Warren are hiring that guy, they'll have a new coach before the Super Bowl. The they'll dra- they'll the probably drafts, have a new coach before January 25th. The draft is April. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I mean, I mean, I know they've done some inept stuff, David, but like that, that would be an all-timer. If, in fact, they did that, that would be an all-timer in the history of the National Football League. Yeah, yeah. They, they would have a coach before the calendar would get to February. Yes. It would, that would take a week or two, right? Yeah, and listen, you would have to have your coach, if you're making a coaching change, your coach has to sit in on the discussion as to what the direction is with the quarterback. Sure. You're not going to hire a coach who's not on the same page with you on whoever is going to be QB1. Right. You cannot, again, keep Fields if the new coach isn't right. a fan of Fields. Right. Well, just make it work. Just kind of like they told all the other guys to make it. John Fox, you know. Just make it work with John Fox, Ryan Pace. Just make it work. Oh, don't worry. We'll draft a quarterback, John. I know you had no clue we were taking Trubisky. Just make it work with Trubisky. You know, 
Um, they said the same thing with Lovey and um, Phil Emery. They hired Phil Emery. Here, you can't hire a new coach. Make it work with Lovey. It didn't make. It didn't work. No, it doesn't. The next year they're hiring a new coach. That's how you got Trustman. Just the old Bears way. Just make it work. And you guess what? It's never worked. And that's why we're here again. Look, this is why I've said to you, my anticipation is, and my hope is, is that when we get through the 2023 campaign, and there are some big decisions that need to be made, that the guy they brought in to change the way business is done up there, and Kevin Warren, will be loud and proud with what he is telling you and the direction his team is going. I don't believe that he will be somebody that isn't seen or heard. I believe he will be front-facing and he will be out there as the pretty much the face of the franchise after he has been in his office for just under a year. And if not, then you've got some really significant problems. 332-3776. We'll take more of your calls in Waddle's World coming up. Yeah! And then Barstool Big Cat at 4. It's that time again. When we venture deep into the great unknown. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run, he's not fast, but he gets open. A trip inside the mind of a multi-concussed former Bears wide receiver. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him. And he had an all-time day in the use of smelling salt. Buckle up, boys and girls. Tom Waddle, everything wants to have a Tom Waddle. If I had a football team, I'd like to have a Tom Waddle on my team because you draw from that. It's time to go inside. Waddle's World. Tom Waddle did have to use a lot of smelling salt. Oh, I'm thankful for all of you. Uh, Waddle's World's brought to you by Wintrust Community Banks, our good friends and partners. They are Chicago's banks. Find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank. Visit Wintrust.com slash find us. Member FDIC. Meller, I heard you muttering about some big Sox news in there. What was going on? Uh, John Heyman is reporting that the White Sox are nearing a deal with shortstop Paul DeYoung, who will be entering his age 30 season next year. He's from here, right? Yeah, he went to ISU. I think, um, isn't he from the Northern Burbs, like Antioch or something? Uh, very well, maybe possible. Well, like the Bears, right? Is this a new move? Like, you like the local guys, right? Is that yeah. what we're doing? Are we, if, I guess if they're... Taking a page out of the Bears' handbook? Did you say taking a piss? What is taking a page? Uh, easy as the old piss and catch, right? Taking a page? I don't and that I, was an easy piss and catch! I didn't, I didn't think I even got close to piss, did I? Well, did I piss? I'm kind of pissed if Paul, Paul DeYoung's going to be the White Sox starting shortstop, if that's the case. Yeah, DeYoung, this is a, how about this recall? DeYoung graduated from Antioch Community High School in 2011. Nice. Excellent. He that's went to where, Anastasia's uh, before. Yeah, I was just going to say, well, that's where Black and Abdallah were last night. It's, it's huge because Major League Baseball instituted that new rule where you can only have players on your team who are from, from the state. From your area? So yes. the White Sox are getting a leg up on that one. How do you feel about your baseball team? Ah, great. Yeah. I guess at least Paul DeYoung's not a former Royal, so that's a step in He's been up and down, different though. Different direction. Yeah. He's been a slumper lately. Yeah, he, a hit slumper? Two, he hit 208 last year with a 258 on base. Yeah, he's been a slumper. 17 homers. If he's their starter in any capacity for, eh, I mean, you'd be better off picking up Tim, Tim Anderson's option and just crossing your fingers and hoping he figured it out. I don't know. I'm not really jacked about this. Where can I get season tickets for White Sox baseball, Jeff? Um, I think you got seats available in left field. You're eyeing up. By the way, did any did we got any update on that? We need a song. We need a, yeah. a good song for that. ESPNParody.com. Why can't we have nice things? I just want just like 
for a short period of time. I want some nice stuff. Did you watch the Bulls last night? Uh, that was on TV too, and it really wasn't a great game in the second half. I got a good stat for you. Do you want, want an hour later? Yeah, no, I want it now. I, I emailed um, Jacob Nitzberg. This was from a buddy of mine. Do you remember he? Do you remember Danny Chasem? He's a one-time winner of the holiday parody song. Sounds familiar. He did the uh, Miritich song, I think. When okay, Miritich yeah. did he come? He lives out of town. He he came with his guitar and played at Tilted he, Kill. Is he that did, what it was? but Twin he doesn't Peaks live out of town. He lives in Highland Park. Oh, he does. He does the uh, Gold Coast All Stars are his band. Okay, well, one of the best wedding bands in the it, northern right. suburbs. Huh? I got part of that right. Yeah, you, that's we, good were, we, were, we were dressed as Mr. and Mrs. Claus. You were right. You got the tilted kilt right. Yes. Uh, it was Twin, Twin Peaks, Peaks, though. Yeah, yeah. Twin, P- Twin Peaks. We were dressed up. He came with his guitar. It was right there on Dundee and like something, something, Lake right? Cook. Yes. Lake Cook in Milwaukee. Lake Cook in Milwaukee. That's what it was. And so he, he like, I've become buddies with him through the years. Did he uh, come over to the house and play songs? He's never been to the house, but no. we have been out to dinner before in Highwood. Uh, we've been to, at uh, events together. Um, he's a big Bulls fan. He texted me wanting to know how many times the Bulls have been down double digits this year and how many of their games. What do you believe? They're 5-10, and ten, right? So they've played 15? Fi- 15 games. So in how many guys of the Bulls games this year do you believe at one point in any of those games... The Bulls have trailed by double digits. I'm going to go 10 times. 10 times. 10 out of 15 games. So I emailed Nitzberg. I said, what do you think, Jacob? How much? And he got me the answer. What do you, what do you got, Tyler? Of 15 games played, how many times have the Bulls trailed by double digits? Um, I'll go 12. I don't think that's more of an indictment on the Bulls. I just think that's the game flow of the NBA these days, though. Okay. So I'll go 12. Damn, you're down double digits in 12 of your 15 games. Yeah, but I would guess a lot of NBA teams really? fall into that boat. Yeah. Maller. Yes. <laughs> you were looking Here. at Paul DeYoung stats, weren't you? He's still trying you? to find a second baseman for his baseball team. The Bulls have trailed by double digits in all but two of their games this season. 13 of the 15 wow. games. October 30th against the Pacers and November 6th against the Jazz. Good call, Tyler. That's good but stuff. I, but I think it's in between of what you both said. I, I, I think, yes, the, the, the ebbs and flows of the NBA, you can go up 10 and down 10 quickly. But I also think it is an indictment on the Bulls losing often big. If you're down, which the Bulls were the majority of that game, right? Yeah. Why are you not trying to get... I mean, I watched that game pretty closely. I had a little money. Why are... And this is going to sound biased because of where my money was. Why are you not trying to get Zach more opportunities to shoot the three? Like, they don't run their offense when they're down and you're looking for ways to come back. I see them trying to get Kobe White and Vooch more threes than they are Zach. Like, the ball doesn't even get to him half the time. Is it, is it because he has checked out and they have checked out on him? You know, I'm not going to completely suggest to you that, you know, he is creating opportunity after opportunity for himself to shoot the three. But it's like the ball's on the other side of the floor half the time. More than half the Keep time. Keep away from Zach? It's, it felt like that. I don't know if it's done intentionally or what. what I don't know. But if you're the coach... 
Don't you want the ball in the hands of your guy who shoots 40% from the three the last three years and you're down by 10? And I got a couple of bucks on him hitting more than oh, two and a half. I see. I advertised I it see. totally. Yeah. I'm totally out front with it. Uh, yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. It's I, right, I don't even watch their games closely anymore. Uh, a little public service announcement: Sex toys can cause diabetes. Scientists are warning. That's not true. What is their sugar well, all over them? Time, time out. What, what, what would time you mean? Time out. What medical history do you bring to the conversation? This kid. This is like. Uh, well, this is the way I felt about the uh, poop thing. And what the happened? The poop transplant. What happened? That was true. Right. How can do, sex don't we have, toys? We have, and we have a song, don't we? Don't we have we a, do, Yes, we uh, do have a poop uh, transplant song. Sex ha. toys are adding to the amount of dangerous plastic particles in our bodies. Scientists have revealed. Microplastic particles from numerous sources are ingested and absorbed into the bloodstream and can cause metabolic disorders such as diabetes. They also they can also disrupt immune responses and damage the nervous system as well as reproductive and developmental systems. Now, along with air pollution and contact with other plastics, a new source of contamination, sex toys, has been identified by scientists. Like our, There's we, a team at Duke University and Appalachian State. Who's studying this? And who's I the independent? I told you the, the team well, no, at Duke University and Appalachian State. Who are they? Who are they? Like who are the volunteers? Do they post that it on know. the university I'm, wall? I'm, I'm not we sure. We need volunteers for the sex study project sure. for diabetes. I'm not sure how they've gotten their information. I'm not sure they're even allowed because of HIPAA laws. If they can tell you that. Are they so doing this on mice? You. What are they doing? Listen, uh, I don't have all your details. I'm just bringing this to your attention so that you have the information. What you do with said information is now it's on you. I suspect it would have to be a survey of people who use said sex toys. I don't think you can actually go through. You notice how, like, when you asked Meller a question about yeah, how many games yeah, the right. Bulls have been trailing by double digits? No, yes. Yes. no interest at all. Sex toy. He's listening to words, sex toys, Syl- and he's Syl- dialed in. Sylvie admitted his interest in the Bulls is waning. I was as interested in the Bulls last night as Mark Wahlberg was to be on the Manning cast. So, I well, mean, I didn't see that. Was he not interested? Oh, boy. What do you mean? He was on it and he wasn't was interested? He was on it as a guest, but, boy, he should not have been. They Why? cut ties with him quickly. Why wasn't he interested? Why would you want? So like, they had him on because remember he played um, for in the uh, in the, the film Eagles. Invincibles. Yeah. Yes, Mark. What was his name? Not Mark. Um, the special Vince teams Papali, guy. Vince right? Papali, yeah. Papali, Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that was the hook. That's why. Oh, geez. So you said Mark Wahlberg. I thought you were talking Donnie Wahlberg, and I was thinking to myself, wouldn't it be more likely that Mark would be on? And why would Donnie be looking to get off of the show instead of stay on? Yeah, no, 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 no. It was time. Mark. It, so was, it was Mark. Mark. And okay. he had no, it was the first quarter. He had no interest in being on it. It was awful. Really? Yeah. I like Mark Wahlberg. I do too. too. But like, you, like you, what did, what's the Waddle and Sylvie philosophy on guests? You got to be a willing participant. Yeah. Which is not interesting. I think every show or, you know, anybody who's creating some content that should be a good rule of thumb do you think maybe there was a connection problem maybe that like he was on delay unless you're contractually obligated like coach this is fair he um at one point he said boy you guys have a lot of commercials under his breath really yeah it was it was really bad wow remember too they were on my tv too the bulls were relegated to patriots fan as well so maybe, you know but what, but he was I'm just them. saying, I don't know what people's motivation is. Maybe he has a little bit of... But you, he should go on there then give uh, Eli a bunch Absolutely. of crap, right? Absolutely. It shouldn't be... Absolutely. 
I don't know. I'm just trying I'm to telling you, figure like, out why. Because he's usually a guy I'm that sure there's carries clips. himself very Maybe appealing. he was in a role. Maybe he's like, he's <laughs> stuck in a role and he's acting. What would this role be? I don't know. Maybe he's guy playing. plays a douchebag and he uh, joins <laughs> different uh, different interviews. I've got this new role I'm playing. Stuck in a role, yeah. those actors. Listen, he plays a, he plays a douche better than most. I'll say that. I, yeah, I always thought he was a nice guy, and I did too. I like him. I didn't like him. I'm lot. telling you what. Like, I'm sure there's clips out there because he was bad. You know, Donnie's been at the Bulls game. Yeah, with, I think with, Donnie's with a Jenny. very appealing they personality. They live in St. Charles. Yeah. By the way, there's a good good scene. I don't know if you noticed this, Mallard, too, in The uh, Killer. Yes. The movie. And Mm -hmm. I I told you about the Chicago scene. Did you know that in the New York scene, Mm -hmm. the scene that they portray in New York at the restaurant in New York, Mm -hmm. the suburbs of New York, that's actually St. Charles and the Baker Hotel? Did not. Did not. I was unaware. Yes. The waterfront. Have we done a show from there? Did we do a show from the waterfront? We did not from the waterfront. From a bar there, a few of the bars. One of the big scenes, a huge scene, was shot in St. Charles in the movie The Killer on Netflix. No, 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 he was not. It was in his hometown. But they do live in St. Charles. Uh, Did did you want to talk about Tom Brady talking about the NFL, saying there's a lot of mediocrity, or is it just something you were like, I don't give a rat's ass? It's your world if you want to do a topic on it later. I'm asking you. I mean, if you want me to play it. I, I gotta no, say, no, like, no, it, you're disinterested. Really, okay, I, I, it didn't really resonate with me a ton. Okay. It's, it's your but, world. Uh, Do you see the? Uh, you did see. We had this conversation. The Colts have waived All Pro linebacker Shaq Leonard in a surprise move. Do you think the Bears would? I, the Bears are are filled at that position, but you see how our a, team does business. Of course, they've already put a claim in. He, I don't know. He's a good player. Yeah. By the way, he has his foundation's turkey drive today, and he actually showed up to it, too. Because um, he's a stand-up guy. Yeah. And he said today that uh, defensive coordinator Gus Bradley said that he would be inactive this week, and then today he got the news that he was released. He knows Matt Eberflus' defense. Does he know how to play soft and undisciplined in crunch time? I don't well, think he does. listen. I don't think you'd see Shaq Leonard playing the way that this defense played in the final. Based on his experience with the Colts, he'd be more than happy to stand on the sidelines in the most important moments of the game. Would you claim him and then worry about it in the offseason? That's what I asked you guys in the meeting. I don't know if he's like, he only played three games last year. I don't know his, because I don't follow the Colts as closely as maybe I should, but I don't know where he's at physically. He's 28. 28, I think, yeah. A pretty hefty deal. I'd be surprised if, if he gets claimed. I saw the numbers. If, in fact, you claimed him, you'd have to pay $6 million this year, $16 million next year, and like 19 and 19.5 the following two years. So it's a lot of money. You better be damn sure he can play if you're going to claim that. Yeah, a little baseball news for you. See, the Padres have hired Mike Schilt as their manager to your contract. Former Cardinal manager. Yeah. He wasn't well liked there, was he? He was weird. Yeah. He was uh, the Padres bench coach? I think so. And by the way, the Steelers have fired uh, offensive coordinator Matt Canada. It's about time. And it's uh, not something that they normally I know. do. But, like, you've got to – they usually have good coaches. Yeah. And when you have a, a, an offensive coordinator who's not very good, they don't have – did you hear this stat? They don't have an, under his watch one 400-yard game. 
They've been out game. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. Not one 400 yeah. yard of total offense in. That's th- crazy. I think there's 36 of his games. It's unbelievable. And I don't. I believe they've been out gained in every game they've played this year, and they still have a winning record. All right, we have to take a break. When we come back, I have a couple more medical stories for you. One about fungus. And another one, not so much a medical story. This one's actually a financial story about whether or not an OnlyFans model should be paying taxes. Okay. So we are going to talk medicine Are we, we going to debut the song, too? Uh, if you'd like, we could do that as well. Okay. We have plenty of time. That's next. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. All right, let's talk a little medicine here. Not really medicine, but medical stuff. Uh, there's a fungus superbug that is uh, causing trouble out in oh, Nevada. Yeah, fungus superbug cases are rising to the highest levels we've seen yet in Nevada. Six months after Nevada's congressional delegation called for a better plan for fighting a superbug, Candida auris, the number of new cases in the southern part of the state has risen to record levels. So if you're heading to Nevada... So is it Nevada or Nevada? Whatever. What do you want it to be? If you live in Chicago, it's probably Nevada. Say Las Vegas, Nevada. I've always said Las Vegas, Nevada. Okay. How do you guys say I don't it? know. That's why I'm asking. Do you guys have I been yeah, saying it wrong? I say Nevada. I do too. Nevada. No, I say Nevada. No, Nevada. 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 You sound like you live Nevada. in Nevada. Hey, I'm from Chicago. You want to go to Nevada? Nevada. Nevada. Meller, what do you say? I go Nevada. Uh-huh. In October, there were 57 new clinical cases of drug resistant, potentially lethal fungus that can invade a person's bloodstream, stream, brain, heart, or other organs. I, listen, I'm just telling you to be careful. How, okay? do you, how do you get it? It's a fungus. It's a fungus among right. us. There's a fungus among but, but us. But how do you, how do you get it? It can spread from person to person and can also uh, come from contaminated surfaces and equipment with transmission occurring most often in healthcare settings. So it's a fungus. See, you find it in the folds of your skin. It's, uh, you can get it in your nose. You can get it wherever it is. You Clean those folds it. of the skin and don't hide any guns in there either. Have we figured out what happened there? No. No, we haven't. We haven't come to any conclusions. I, I think we figured it out. I th- well, I think they yeah. figured it out, but I don't think they're they're telling anybody. Indulge me in my uh, immaturity here for a second. OnlyFans model says she shouldn't pay taxes because she does charity work. It's a write-off. Absolutely. Australia's best adult entertainer has lashed out at those who claim her X-rated profession isn't a real job, arguing that's the case. If that's the case, porn stars shouldn't have to pay taxes. That is her That is her. Oh, like approach. she's giving back. Her job is giving back? No. No? No. no. I'll, I'll read it to you again. Australia's best adult entertainer has lashed out at those who claim that her X-rated profession isn't a real job. No, so if you're telling her it isn't a real job, she says, well, then I shouldn't have to pay taxes. Oh, I got you. Oh, she's looking for the loophole. Billy Beaver, who won Best Female Porn Star at this year's Australian Adult Industry Choice Awards. And her name is Billy? I.E., I'm sure. It is. And Beaver spelled B-E-E-V-E-R. Three E's. No A. Said she's often on the receiving end of online abuse, with many stating that her line of work isn't a professional line of work. 
However, the 30-year-old single mother has clapped back, telling the local newspaper that the explicit content she makes for her subscribers is charity work. I'm constantly being told what I do isn't a real job and that I need to get a real job. So if that's what the general public thinks, then why should us OnlyFans creators and sex workers be paying 10 times more tax than they are uh, and all of those others who have regular, quote, regular jobs? Getting told this isn't a real job frustrates the living hell out of me, she said. They don't realize it's real money, real time, real marketing, and real bills. Yeah. Look, and it takes a lot to entertain those fans. Because they're only fans. So Billy Beaver is clapping back. Nice, Beaver. Thanks. Just had it stuffed. Very good naked gun. Happy Thanksgiving. Everybody. That's all. That's all I got. Okay. There's Waddle's world. Trying to be disciplined with the clock over here. I said, finally. Well, oh, <laughs> day before vacation. Oh, Barstool Big Cat will join us uh, coming up next. You know, Meow. one of his interviews made huge news. How did he feel about it? We'll ask him coming up next.